0: do you have goals for your life do you want to grow in god join me as we deep dive into real and relevant strategies that ignite you to seek god and slay goals hey y'all get ready for a discussion about life business relationships and more all from a biblical perspective and i'm your host felicia l henry Today's guest is Candon Webb. Candon is a spoken word artist, purity coach, and the CEO of Beautiful Minds Entertainment, a creative arts agency in Washington, D.C. Through her poetry performances, published work, education, and speaking for the past 12 years, Candon has helped shape the perspectives of of young believers around the world by pointing them to practical methods for applying biblical truth without compromise. Candon often chooses to approach controversial topics relevant to faith and culture, guiding Christian singles into a more sincere and fulfilling relationship with Christ. Candon founded the Purity Power Program in 2020 to help women of faith learn to live spiritually healthy lives free from sexually destructive behaviors like masturbation and pornography. The program gives singles the tools, encouragement, and accountability needed to thrive in abstinence. Candon has her BS degree in psychology from Howard University and has worked in leadership, education, and creative arts with many for-profit and nonprofit organizations, including Passion for Christ Movement, YWCA, the foremost international women's rights organization of the century, Every Nation Churches and True Voices, a young adult performance poetry organization headquartered in New York, where she served as the Washington DC chapter director from 2012 to 2015. Candon is a Los Angeles native and the author of three literary works, a poetry chapbook, and two books, The Girl with the Pen, a collection of 30 plus poems and Heartache on a Silver Platter, a compilation of inspiring short poems, stories, and quotes surrounding life's hardest challenges. Her whimsical personality and comedic interjections keep her audience affectionately engaged. More importantly, after hearing her speak, people are moved and encouraged in their pursuit of spiritual abundance in every area of their lives. Guys, get ready for an amazing episode of the podcast. And if you are interested in supporting us, visit us online, seatgodslegels.com. All right. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Gods Lagos Podcast. And we are here today with Miss Candon Webb. We are going to have a very dynamic conversation. We are going to be talking about singleness, sexual purity and pregnancy and whatever else Holy Spirit just wants to say through this conversation. So I'm excited to have Candan here today.
1: Candan, how are you? I am so fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I really am. I'm I'm excited about moving into fall, even though I love summer a lot better than the cold weather, but I, I like when the seasons change, so I'm good. Awesome. That's
0: good to hear. So let's just hop right in. Um, from your perspective, you know, we know what you do professionally. We've read your bio, um, but in your words, who is Candon Webb?
1: Um, you know, I ultimately have been thinking a lot about this idea of identity and purpose. And so I like to tell people, that um, first off, I'm a child of God. I love I love being his daughter. I like having a personal, really a really good relationship with him, like a one-on-one one outside of church and outside of community, which I do love as well. And then the second thing I would say is that I am a person who is purposed to help people thrive in their singleness and in their spiritual walk. Um, so ultimately everything I do, Felicia, comes from that. Uh, that really, really simple purpose statement, help people thrive and find abundant life, right? I feel like everything I do, the events that I throw, the singleness stuff, the um, purity coaching, the poetry, everything is kind of draws back to that. So that's that's a little bit about me.
0: Awesome. And I love that you said thriving because a lot of times in life, we're just kind of we can find ourselves in a state of existence or we're just going from day to day and we're not really thriving. So I love that you said that. Um, And so you did mention that you are a purity coach. And so we are gonna dig into that in a minute. But before we do, let's just kind of lay the groundwork. What is purity? And of course, it's from a biblical standard. What is purity?
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because so many times we use these words and we don't even really know the essence of what we're saying. Right. Right. So, I mean, if you want to look, if you want to ask Webster and Google and stuff, (laughs) they're going to tell you that purity is essentially just without contamination and without blemish. And I really like that definition because we can consider like a diamond, right? Like what is the purity of the diamond? Or I think they might call it like clarity, but essentially how much of it is sheer, without the added elements of other types of things in in mixed in. And the way that I kind of make this very, very simple when it comes to biblical terms is, does the flesh outweigh the spirit? Then you know you're not really walking in purity. My simple spiritual definition of purity is the the degree by which the spirit outweighs the flesh. In your life, in your heart first, and then in your behavior second, like how your heart is expressed in the earth and how I get this because I, I knew I know it's important when, whenever we talk about spiritual things that we actually like, try to cite and try to take it back to the word so I like this. Uh, uh, scripture uh, Psalms 19 8, it says the precepts of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. And then if you you know that really, really awesome scripture that everybody likes to point to in Psalms about the man being lured away by this like sensual, sexual woman to her house for adultery. There's a scripture in that passage that says, How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? Mm-hmm. So I think when we think about purity, we need to think about what God commands and what He says is. That clarity of that diamond, right? The essence of who we are. What are the things that are more spirit than they are flesh, right? Complete spirit over the flesh. And so I think that's a good way for us to think about it so that we're not falling into like perfection, right? Your spirit, just your spiritual, walk according to the spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that that's how I think of it in spiritual terms. So hopefully that helps.
0: It does. And I think sometimes we can overthink and overcomplicate it um, or we just don't really know and so like you said we're aiming for um, a standard that we don't really know what the standard is or aiming for the perfection standard and you know it's not that God wants us to be perfect but he does you know care about the state of our heart where our where our heart is and you know the actions and I think that was a really great breakdown so thank you baby Less. <laughs> Let's um, dig a little bit deeper because, you know, purity coaching is not just something you wake up one day and say, oh, I want to be a purity coach. So I'm sure there's a story behind it, um, probably stemming from your own personal journey. So talk to us about what that looked like, you know, your journey and how it kind of evolved into you doing purity coaching.
1: Yeah, you know, I never really considered myself a coach. Now you have all types of coaches, which in 2021, you could find a coach for any aspect of your life, which is good, right? But you wanna make sure that you have a good coach and that the coach understands the assignment, the mission, and they can guide you and lead you. So I never was like, I didn't, you're right. I didn't wake up one day and like, oh, I'm gonna be a coach, I'm gonna be a coach. (laughs) Like, what even is that, right? Um, What happened was I did a poem called Romans 12.1 years and years ago for P4CM. And that was just outlining my experience with uh, my first time having sex and how I had to find my way through that instance, knowing that God didn't want me to do that. Right. And as a believer, it was like a revel, it was a revelatory experience. And so I wrote this poem, it became pretty popular on YouTube. Fast forward. Years and years later, I think that was 2014. So last year, 2020, I had um, I had already been privately kind of discipling, mentoring, coaching people um, through that in my personal relationships with other people. I've been talking about masturbation, porn, um, sex addiction, these different things, and I have a degree. In psychology from um, Howard University, shout out to HU. So I already kind of had all of the elements. My what God had done in my own personal experience, my perception of my perception when it comes to people. I'm pretty pretty perceptive when it comes to where they are with the journey. And then also I just had like some training that I didn't even tried to have, it was just God's hand in my life that I was able to kind of walk people through this process. And so my best friend actually encouraged me. She was like, you know, people don't talk about this and they don't know how to manage their abstinent lives. And I thought about it and I was like, yes, that makes perfect sense. And she was like, you need to you are a teacher, like, why don't you help people through this? So that's how I kind of got into purity coaching. And, um, and I love it. Like, I love helping women understand that you do not have to be abstinent and in sackcloth and ashes, and that it is attainable for you. But it's a process. It's it's definitely progress over perfection. So, so yeah, I, I started last year. And we've been going and the lord has been super awesome in the in the coaching and i've been able to help help a lot of women so i'm i'm grateful
0: yes and uh your friend was was absolutely right i'm glad that you i'm glad that you have people in your circle that can speak to the gifts that they see and she was right you know nobody is really talking about this you know we just hear in church or we might hear in a sermon oh don't have sex but it's like we're not really having conversations because the reality is people are you know people are having sex and it is something that people might be struggling with or different sexual like you mentioned uh, masturbation porn like these are things that people are dealing with but it's again like you said not being talked about so when I somehow I saw that you were doing it and I was in my own personal journey of trying to be abstinent like this is something for me that's been like an on and off journey for years it's like how do you actually do it and and not fall, right? And so I was looking at your website and it said that you were successfully abstinent for 12 years. And when I read that, I was like, Lord Jesus, How?
1: How? (laughs) How? That is the question, how? That's a good, I mean, here's the thing. You're right. People are having sex people are, masturbation is very prevalent. And in, in, in a lot of the content that we consume, it's actually viewed as healthy nowadays, right? A lot of women, advocates for women and a lot of advocates for health are like, oh yeah, do this, this is great. Porn watching is very prevalent. I think like something crazy like, one in four men or or something like so I think here's the thing we have to address the the issues we can't tiptoe around them any longer because wherever there's darkness nothing's going to be revealed right unless you turn on the lights and start really talking about it and excavating that thing then people will remain in bondage and they will do that in isolation and that's the worst place Mm -hmm. to have you know like oh I'm gonna I'm going this is my thing that I have and I'm not really held accountable I'm I don't really know how I know not to but I don't know how to get free so for me let me tell you how one ultimately staying so close to God in my in every aspect of my life including dating including my relationships honestly Felicia a lot of people we all, need, we all need affirmation. We all need affection. We all need a romantic aspect to our lives. But what I have found is that when people get into romantic or affectionate situations, they don't realize it, but they subconsciously leave God out from the beginning. Because the concentration, the focus is now on the other person and about how they make you feel whether it be aroused or otherwise, even love, like the person, the, the focus is on them, how you make me feel, the, the thing that you're, you're touching me, you are um, caressing my ego, you are saying like, sweet words, like sweet words are like, honey, that's what the Bible says, right? Like you mm-hmm. appreciate that. So then, and especially if you've been deprived from affection and affirmation for a minute, sis, don't let you not have a hug, not have a kiss for a minute. <laughs> it comes in a nice package. You, you like, I don't have no, I can't do it. I can't resist the temptation. So the thing about it is you have to include God from the beginning in the quality of relationships that you have. So that means for me, if I'm trying to be pure, I can't just link myself up with anybody unless I am strong enough in my walk to carry us both through that. And a lot of people aren't right. Right. So I think it has to do with our, our interaction with God, just not getting too comfortable in ourselves. Like, oh, I got this. Cause you never do. Never. <laughs> <the first> <laughs> you don't never got it. You think you got it. And it's like, woo, it leaves immediately all your resolve. And then the other thing is the quality of people that we have in our lives and really holding up a standard. And, I, and, and for the ladies, I know this can be hard, Felicia, because you don't see the quality all the time in the dating world, in the relationship world, even men in the church sometimes have lust and issues. But I think the more we hold up a standard of like, yeah, no, I require that you actually value what the Lord said about this over your feelings from the people that we're considering as potentials, that helps to keep us out of hot water as well because I'm trying to resist temptation and now you're trying to resist temptation and you're my covering if I want to get married I'm considering you as my covering so I just can't spend my time with anybody you, you see what I'm saying so for me it's the hand of God in my life that kept me abstinent for 12 years but then it's also that I am very picky when it comes to the quality of relationship and when it's based on character like I know that I need a man who wants who it can cover me even in the area of abstinence so So hopefully that's helpful. It is. And I
0: think it's very relatable. A lot of what you said, um, definitely agree that keeping God in the midst of it or in it from the beginning is very, very crucial Um, because like you said, we kind of go in it. We're not even thinking about, (laughs) we're not even thinking about our relationship with God at that point. We're just trying to, you know, everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to kind of be in a relationship. So that's what our focus is. And our focus is not on, okay, how is this going to affect my relationship with God or is this going to be pleasing to God? And so it took me like literally years to get to that point where I've been in relationships where at the beginning it was the standard, but then over time it's like, it's been some time. Okay. It just kind of happens. Not accidentally, but huh, how do I want to put it? Your
1: slow low erosion. Yes.
0: Erosion. Yes. Yeah.
1: Slowly,
0: <laughs> slowly. And it's just like, okay, well, we want to get married anyway. Right. That's the thinking. So let me just go ahead and do it. But most of you who follow me on social media already know that I've just had my first child. It was just recently. I had to have a conversation where I said, I can't do this anymore. You know, like it's not going to work. I can't keep compromising in this area. Right. Because this is something that I've dealt with for how old am I? Maybe about 15 years now. (laughs) Right. Like how old am I? And it's always been something that God has been like dealing with me about and tugging at me. And it's like, okay, I'll be good for a season and then I'll go in and out. But it's like, no, I cannot. I can't compromise anymore. And if that means I have to forfeit this relationship, then that's just what it is. That's where I'm at now. And so how or what happened that you chose abstinence from the start?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. I, I am so, I am so incredibly inspired by the fact that we're having this conversation because I think it's an important one, Felicia. It's like direly important. And congratulations, because I know you just had that beautiful little girl. So this is the thing. It's it's challenging. It is challenging being abstinent, especially when we're, we're single longer than we've ever been before. Less, because I like to get at the root. I don't like to sugarcoat the thing. So we're single longer than we've ever been before. People are not getting married at 20 anymore. Like that's like out of the ordinary, right? Right. <laughs> As young. So the thing is, the, we're, we're single longer, dating is a little more complicated, <laughs> right? And men are not cultured to be abstinent, only women are, largely in our culture, right? right? So here's the thing that, we, um, that kinda is, is happening is that you're right, everybody wants to be loved, okay? And here's the thing. I have grace. I can have grace for a person who's still growing in an area. So I can have grace for you if like you want culture to be absent. It's not the desire of your heart to be absent. But when we talk about our relationship with God, understanding that your faith is you are saying when you sign up to believe in Christ, that I'm going to submit to his way and his truth. And so for, it's, it is detrimental to a woman when a man is not fully submitted to God in every way. Am I saying that like he won't fall? Because we fall, right? You just told me like, hey, this is an area where I'm struggling. I, struggle, I have my sexual struggles as well. But when, that is the, when, that is a, when that's a pattern, mm-hmm. we need to actively be seeking help and accountability. And I think the issue lies not in the fact that you're not perfect, the issue lies in the fact that you're not actively admitting that this is that you're not submitted to God in this area and that you need to acknowledge that and you need to accept and be proactive about accountability. And if the man can do that, then it's OK. But I, I am very leery about having women enter into relationship with men who have no spiritual conviction for purity because I think it's important. So I think it would help for us to challenge our brothers and the people that want to pursue us in the way of like, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We don't have to demonize you in this area because everybody likes sex. Listen, (laughs) I like it too. However, we have to now together with God go about submitting this to him. So we're not, we're going to commit ourselves from the beginning to doing certain things. And it's just conversations. It's, It's literally communication where you make sure, and the Bible is so cool, Felicia, in the way that it gives us instruction for everything. Don't let any vile thing come out of your mouth, not lewd, just joking. Mm-hmm. It, it tells you like how to set yourself up for success in the area of purity, but we, it's those little foxes, right? Like they, It's those little foxes like, I'm going to watch this episode of people getting butt naked, and go like, it's, it's that. And then you and then you got friends who don't believe in purity. So they're like, girl, you ain't had none in such and such. And then you have relationships where the man actually treats you well, right? Because the church guys, sometimes they don't know how to pursue you, but you might have a guy that's like a little more thuggish and he's <laughs> like, yo, what it do boo? And you like, hey, you know what I'm saying? You know, he's taking you out. He's very sweet in other aspects but he's just not fully submitted to God. And so I love the fact that you're saying, listen, At a certain degree, this has to stop. Just because you have new life and you have a beautiful, pure, because children are innocent and another definition for pure is innocence, right? Just because you have a pure life, something great that came out of something that's not so awesome, according to spiritual terms, that should tell you that there is renewed life, that there are so many chances, so many opportunities for you to straighten the crooked path. Right. So that should be even more inspiration for people to be like, yeah, I don't have to stay in situations where I'm not thriving. And if my spirit is not thriving here, then I have to kill my flesh. So I love that. I love what you're saying about like, Hey, this relationship isn't working, but sometimes it's not the relationship. It is your submission to God within the relationship. So sometimes there's work for you to do and sometimes you need to send that person away to go before God, and with the no, with the um, acknowledgement that they can come back, right? Like we're not, like we're not throwing away people. But what we are saying is, is what you need to do as a woman is decide: Can this person cover me? Can this person, if I say this purity is important to me, even if they don't have that, like the same conviction? Are they able to say, look, I, I want to be a good husband to her? Because ultimately, if that's our goal and I want to be submitted to the Lord and if if they can say if you can say, yes, this person is a good covering. They're going to be able to help me through this. They're going to be able to, We're both going to be sharpened in this and we're willing, committed to do this together. Fine. But if not, it's OK to let that go.
0: You're just telling it all because that's literally <laughs> kind of what. Those, those are the conversations that we had to have, you know, at first it was me. I had to kind of do a self-reflection, you know, have my time with God. You get to this place where you realize that your actions are, you're either saying this is more important than God or God is more important. And it's just that black and white. At some point it gets that black and white, right? A lot of times we like to just be in a gray area and sugarcoat things. But at the end of the day, it's like, is God more important or is this other situation and what I'm doing more important, right? And so you're putting weight on one or the other. I had that realization. And so we had to have those conversations and it took me a minute to be like, just be able to have that conversation because it's like, you don't want that person again, like you mentioned, to feel like they're being demonized and things are good in every other area, but God is more important
1: ask you a question though, Felicia, because I would love to know, cause you are, I, I really think that this is so important for people to grasp. Did you feel like you were being demonized at the point in which you knew that you were pregnant? Were people more supportive than they were? Uh, yeah,
0: no, people were really supportive. And I also think, I was intentional about who I shared it with as well, because I needed to be around support in that moment because it's like, not that having a child is a bad thing, but it's like, I wanted it to be a different way. So I did have the moment where it was like, oh man, this wasn't really the way that I wanted it to happen. Or I knew that God intended for it to happen. So I had that personal moment, but everybody was very supportive and the thing that kind of helped me in my own personal thoughts about it was that having sex wasn't a um it wasn't a pattern, like you said, right? It was it wasn't a lifestyle. And so I knew that I had resisted more than I I fell into the temptation. And mm. so I was I was okay with where things are and baby girl, she is literally a blessing to me. so for me, I received so much support in it, but I know people don't, especially like in church communities, people don't receive support. So I did want you to kind of speak to that for somebody who might be in a place where they've had this setback, you know, how can they kind of bounce back or even just go back to God and strengthen their relationship to kind of get through that phase?
1: Yeah, I, man, you know what? The, God is, and how he reveals himself through his son, Jesus, is the most beautiful thing. And if you look at Jesus's interactions with people, it is very telling. Um, if you look at stories from the Bible, they are very telling. You have the story of Judah and Tamar. And if you don't know, Tamar was Judah's daughter-in-law. She was married to his sons and then his sons died. And, uh, and he had promised her because in those times you needed to be, you can't be a widow. If you're, that's why the Bible always says, feed the poor and the widows. And if you, if you're a widow, you don't have protection. You don't have. Uh, any money you don't have certain things that one would have because those are usually given through the man so the bible says that tamar played the harlot and pretended to be a like prostitute that judah went into because he told her he promised her his son and didn't give her his son so she was just uncovered she had no husband and so this is what i love about the bible the bible says judah after finding out that tamar did this thing um, because he had promised her something he did not give her, like, you know, um, the her place in their family, he said, oh, she's more righteous than me, and the reason why I love that, and why I love the story of Rahab the prostitute, and why I love these stories of, and that's really the only thing we have to liken this to in those Bible times, I'm not really trying to say that anyone who's had sex outside of marriage is a prostitute but that's the only examples I can the people who have married and you know what I mean so it's different but it's but the reason why I like those extreme stories of like you know someone who played harlot or whatever or Rahab who the bible mentions and her name literally goes down in history is because that's the perfect opportunity for God to produce purity in your life you are Just because you are not supported by people, I, I am so empathetic to that because here's the thing, the difference between women and men is that you can see when women had sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when that bump come, you know what I'm saying? You can see that the woman did, but you can't see what the man did. But he's still, you know what I'm saying? He's not exempt and actually he's more responsible. So here's the thing, my thing to women is like, even when you are, I love this concept, Felicia, of purity and pregnancy, because you are at the perfect, God literally said, I'm gonna produce new life, something completely innocent, like you're born in sin, you're shaped in iniquity, but I know you, so I'm gonna make you clean, right? I'm gonna make your way pure, the steps of a righteous man are ordered from the Lord. He literally produces something so innocent from something that wasn't. And so I think you're actually perfectly positioned to dedicate yourself to the Lord, knowing that like now I'm living the consequences of this thing. And I have even more revelation and inspiration for doing it God's way because he is a he is a redeemer and he loves me. Right. Like it says he throws all of our sins. So literally there's no condemnation after you do that one thing the lord's like yeah you're actually white clean you live a life of purity cuz purity is your routine this is just an area where you fail and it, the righteous man falls 7 times but the beautiful thing is he got it, he gets up and the lord honors that so i feel like women should be supported as they're pregnant i don't think their position should be removed and things like that that happen in church i think i think um emotional support would be best mm-hmm. because you're now being thrown into a traumatic situation that you ne- didn't necessarily think that you would ever be in. So now you have your value, which is maybe your value is abstinent, maybe it isn't, but regardless, you a lot of Christian women have their value that they know that this wasn't necessarily the ideal for themselves. And they're struggling with that. And then you come with condemnation and it's like, you're making it worse when literally you can be the emotional support for that woman. And she could, she could literally spawn her experiences her story her testimony can spawn so much righteousness and purity in others and that's what we want to see we don't want to make it seem like she's banned like there's no scarlet letter right (laughs) so so I'm excited I am literally excited when people are like they turn up it's still to be celebrated we're not celebrating the fact that like It's not an ideal situation and that sin was involved. What we're celebrating is the fact that if God didn't judge that person and he literally was like, I'm here to walk, iron is there to sharpen iron and your sister, your brother is there to support you. A friend loves at all times. Like, you know, the love, that's the love, hope and like these are, it's, it's not negativity. It isn't like the only difference between you and me, Felicia, is that I didn't turn up pregnant. And when I and when people have that revelation, when people have that, like the woman was caught in adultery and the Lord was like, all right, you guys who y'all who never sinned go ahead and like, I think if, if Christians could really keep that energy, then I think it would be a lot better. But if you are a woman who that's not your situation, there are people called to you. And I would just really, really encourage you to get really close to the Lord see what he's saying and then pray for the community that you need to support you because there are people who understand that casting stones is going to end up hitting themselves, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I,
0: I, I love that.
1: You said getting really
0: close to the Lord, I think because that is just kind of my lifestyle. I think that kind of made this uh scenario in my life, but it was peaceful. It was, it was a peaceful situation despite the circumstances around it it was still very peaceful um one of the things I say a lot is covered favored and loved I say that on social media sometimes and even throughout this process I still felt that Um, and it's because I was still close to God regardless of the mishap regardless of the setback you know the circumstances that weren't foreseen the relationships sustained me through it and so I love that you said, get close to God.
1: Yes. And the other way you can recover is just by forgiving yourself too, Felicia, because sometimes that's good. it's not God that's condemning you. Sometimes it's yourself and your expectations for what you thought it would be. And I know I struggled that when I lost my virginity, I was like, oh, that's not. And, I, and then I had to go to the drugstore and get the morning after pill because I didn't know if I was pregnant, all of these things. It wasn't necessarily, I didn't feel like God was, I disappointed God. I felt a sadness and a conviction, but really it was my standards for myself, right? Like it was like, oh, I said that this, I committed to myself this and I let myself down. So now I was burdening myself with shame and guilt Mm. as opposed to just being like, oh, well, I learned from that and I'm going to move forward with the best mindset to make sure that my life honors God, regardless of the places where I'm not as strong you know, yeah. so definitely forgive yourself and definitely don't, don't lose confidence. Sometimes women enter in like humble, like, Oh, I mean, I'm, should I have a baby? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I asked the Lord for forgiveness. I lean into him. I let him rebuild me and give me his revelation of forgiveness again. just like he did before I got pregnant and I did something else that was crazy and then i say you know what this is a blessing for the, from the lord and i'm allowed to celebrate yeah i'm allowed like women need to understand like i'm allowed to say this is a blessing this, this and this actually helps me to be more responsible more disciplined have more endurance and that's a beautiful like god will always produce something beautiful out of something that was not ideal that was ugly to us so we can celebrate that. We can praise him like, wow, like now I'm a mother. That's an am- amazing blessing. And I get to now take a new responsibility of this is why this is important, sowing seeds of purity into my children.
0: You're spot one. I'm not even gonna follow up with anything on that, but one of the things I do I did want to go back to, we mentioned um, accountability. And I wanted to kind of circle back with the purity coaching um, because accountability was something that was helpful. And I was a part of your purity group for some time. And, y'all, it was so refreshing just to know that there were other people out there who had the same kind of mindset and desires as you, because, I mean, just on a day to day like you said, we're inundated with sex everywhere. And so there's kind of this notion that everybody is doing it and it's kind of normalized outside of marriage. But just to know that there were other women who had the desire to be abstinent or to live pure lives, I had never heard of any type of group like that before. And so for me, it helped me Um, in that season that I was in just to be able to just maintain my own purity during that season and so I don't know if you want to share anything else about the group or maybe some not stories about like personal stories but just some testimonies from people being involved in the group or what you've seen during your time doing this coaching
1: yeah you know what and I'm so glad that you were in there um I think God is really really good because the thing the thing that we don't realize is that we're most prone to temptation in isolation. Most when Jesus was and I love stories so y'all I'm going to give y'all all the <laughs> Bible. <laughs> but when Jesus was tempted by Satan, he had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights, but he had went away to do that, right? He was alone. And a lot of times that's our situation too. We're alone when we're tempted, right? And we thinking we're just like it's a world where we have our own apartment. We have our own place. We have our own house. We have our own keys. We're independent. Okay. I, indeed, like, we're that. Our, our whole culture is very independent. We don't live in village, like with, with 20 people in our house. So we're used to operating on autopilot by ourselves. But a lot of us are stricken with loneliness and that agitates our purity. A lot of us don't have, they say one in four people don't feel like they have a supportive people around them they can trust. I'm sorry, only one in four people do feel like they have community and people around them, they can trust. The other three out of four, they're like, nah, I can't trust these people. So I think the understanding that there's a place where you are not condemned, but you're literally just learning about how to walk out what you already agree with in your spirit is important. And I think seeing other people that are on the same journey as you is encouraging along the way because you can drop out. You can like literally tap out if you don't have something you can see. Like we say all the time in diversity and inclusion, like representation matters, right? So you need people that can represent your values that you can see and see how they're doing things and what they're doing. So this group is actually a really awesome dynamic thing Because I'm able to not only say, hey, be abstinent, but I've been abstinent for 12 years. And this is my day-to-day process and share that with the women in a way through these sessions and through this content that matters, right? And that is like an inspiration. And the accountability piece is that like, hey, now you have someone else that can pray with you, that can like understand when you say, girl, I don't got it today. Like, what am I gonna do? That's important to have that um, that you can just go to on a whim. Um, and I want to do so many other things, but I think there's been so so many really good testimonies that I've had of people like, I went this amount of days. I never went this long without masturbating. I never I never went this long without watching porn. Like I get so many really amazing messages from women. And I know that it's because God's hand is on community. And I know that it's because when when truth lines up with what you already have in your spirit, then you're like, okay, I can do this. And I just want people to know that they can do it. It's not about, it's progress over perfection all the time, but I want you to know that it can be done because if you don't see that it can be done, you will listen to the lies of the enemy when he tells you, oh, eat this bread. You're hungry, just eat it. Like, just go ahead, here you go. <laughs> you know, like he'll do that to you and you'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. Let me eat it mm-hmm. as opposed to, no 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 man don't live off bread alone my home girl fasted the other day she did it she good like you know so that's what i that's what this group is it is my way of being like sis you can do don't let anybody tell you you cannot here we go let's walk it through week by week um and so i love that and it's been god has just been really good throughout the process
0: well i oh baby girl's in the background making her debut on the podcast <laughs> <laughs>
1: like hey podcast
0: people (laughs) um but no I'm so glad we had this conversation I feel like this is something that we can continue this has been like I feel like almost a year in the making having this conversation I definitely want to encourage people that's the point of this to have you be encouraged to know that if this is something that you are seeking abstinence a pure life that it is possible like you said and just to come out of darkness on this topic because it's just not talked about um and so I am glad that we were able to kind of start this conversation I'm not going to say have cuz it's going to continue and so if there's anything else that you want to share I
1: honestly just want to leave people with this final thought when it comes to the notion of pregnancy and purity and even purity in general never really let your condition your current condition define your capacity for growth and I want to say that because sometimes we look at like I'm right in the middle of the thing, right? Like I'm still just like, it happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm right in the middle of it, but we don't think about anything else that way. We don't think about like, oh, I don't have, it can be very discouraging when you take on that mindset because if you're in poverty, let's say you don't have any money, you'll never think that you can get to be a millionaire, right? But if you think to yourself, I'm in poverty now, I was in poverty yesterday, But today I have an opportunity to start my business today, I have an opportunity to reach more people to sell my product, you will be successful. And I want you to look at purity in the same way and abstinence in the same way, if you can switch your mindset to I may be pregnant right now, I may have three kids and be single right I can do this. I don't have to let my current condition define where it is that I'm going to go or the blessings that God wants to attach to me. I know single moms with several kids who got a, who has an amazing husband who covered them, who loved them like the Lord loved them. And they're very happy after they had kids, you know, so there's nobody that can tell you you're not eligible for a blessing. There's nobody that can tell you that you're condemned even while you're pregnant. So to all the women out there, I want you to know that. Do not do not allow that to shape how far you can go. It's very, very important. And that's really all I wanna say about it. But I commend you for having this conversation and I, and I would love to be a part of future ones. I think it's an important topic to continue to discuss because there are a lot of challenges that women go through as moms and as pre-moms. You gotta go to your, sometimes some women are going to their, their sessions alone. You know, they're going to these sonogram sessions in there and they don't have that support of being like, I value abstinence. So now I'm sinking a little bit. Um, and so I love the concept of just really encouraging women through the process of becoming moms.
0: Love it. Um, I just hope that you all were encouraged, that you your faith has been increased, that you are prompted to draw closer to God. And so connect with Kanda and share how people can connect with you.
1: Yes, you can follow me. You can hit me on IG at @candenweb. Candon Webb. It's just my name, C-A-N-D-E-N-W-E-B-B. Or you can just visit yourpuritycoach.com and I'll be right there. <laughs>
0: and she will she's an amazing coach y'all so get connected if if that's what you need and so until the next episode you guys keep seeking god slaying goals and we'll talk soon thank you for tuning in to the seek god slay goals podcast stay connected with us on facebook and instagram at seek god slay goals